Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be um, part 15 of our Lenten meditations on the status of Christ, and it's going to be episode 28. Now, if you're going to be confused, uh, realize that I made a short uh, thank you on episode 27 of season two to all the listeners out there. I'm actually heard on uh, 12 countries right now, uh, Canada recently, also India, and uh, now, um, you know, Austria, uh, Great Britain, several countries, um, and it's really great. And I want to say thank you again to everybody out there, and I want to say uh, thank you to the people in Saskatchewan, Canada. Uh, to who are listening to the uh, informed Catholic, uh, I really appreciate it. It makes uh, all this worth doing uh, because um, it's really about sharing the Catholic faith and encouraging people, especially now in this time, uh, what we're going through with the coronavirus that's uh, a global epidemic. Uh, it's sad that we're not going to be celebrating Easter. But this is the reality what we're facing. Um, and uh, right now, more than ever before, we as Catholics have to pray and um, encourage each other to pray and to read the scriptures and to uh, look into our faith more, realizing we have to uh, be true to Jesus Christ, who is our King and who is our uh, bread of life, our Eucharist, the summit of our life of our Catholic faith. And we have to look to Our Lady, the Queen of the Saints, to pray for us. So uh, this is going to be part 15, and once again, on the meditations on the Santas of Christ. And this is going to be episode 28. So you're not missing anything. Episode 27 was a thank you. So let's open up with a prayer. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered unto Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of body, and life everlasting. Amen. The Penitential Rite I confess to Almighty God, to Blessed Mary Ever-Virgin, to Blessed Michael the Archangel, to Blessed John the Baptist, to the Holy Apostles, St. Peter and St. Paul, and to all the saints, that I have sinned exceedingly in thought, word, and deed, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I invoke Blessed Mary Ever-Virgin, Blessed Michael the Archangel, Blessed John the Baptist, the holy apostles, St. Peter and Paul and all the saints to pray to the Lord our God for me. May Almighty God have mercy upon us and forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. 
Kiri Elision, Christe Elision, Kiri Elision. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant us pardon, absolution, and remission of all our sins. Amen. Now we'll say the three prayers uh, for the uh, one for tribulation, calamity, and pestilence. First one will be tribulation. O Almighty God, despise not your people who cry unto you in their affliction. Pray for the glory of your name. Turn away your anger and help us in our tribulation through Christ our Lord. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Prayer in time of calamity. O Lord Jesus Christ, holy, immortal God, have mercy upon us and upon all men. Purify us by your holy blood. Forgive us by your holy blood. Save us by your holy blood, now and forever. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Prayer in time of pestilence. Grant, we implore you, O Lord, an answer to our hearty supplications, and turn your wrath away, being appeased from us this pestilence. The hearts of men may know that these scourges proceed from your anger and cease by your mercy through Christ our Lord. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. This final prayer is the one for uh, to Our Lady for health of body and soul. So once more, if you know anyone who is sick, uh, who's suffering uh, from a terrible illness, even one that could possibly lead to death, I know it's a, it's a terrible thing, um, but we all, we all have to face that one day. And uh, if you want to pray for anyone who could be suffering from the coronavirus or um, if you know uh, um, anybody or yourself, you could be sick or suffering from this, uh, this prayer is for you and for your loved ones. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Most Holy Virgin, Mother of the Incarnate Word, Treasure House of Grace and Refuge, of us wretched sinners, with lively faith we have recourse to your motherly love, and ask of you the grace of ever doing God's will in yours. In your most holy hands we place our hearts, and of you we ask health of body and soul. And as we have the same hope that you, our most loving mother, will hear us, we say to you with lively faith, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. 
Defend, we invoke you, O Lord, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, your servant from all infirmity and mercifully deemed to guard the prostrate in their sincerity of their hearts before you against the snares of the enemy, through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, protect us from evil. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, uh, we're in the fifth week of Lent, and we're getting close to, I guess you could say, the countdown. Uh, today's uh, reading, uh, I'm going to just focus on the passage that deal with uh, Judas's betrayal. Uh, it's a tough one. Um, because uh, this is something we all have to um, we all have to understand is we betray Christ all the time, and even though He is always forgiving and merciful, but Christ always pointed out uh, those who will be unfaithful. Remember um, when He said, uh, you know. When he talked about, in his parable, uh, those who went to prison and met him, those who, uh, when he was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And then uh, those on the day of judgment will ask, well, when did we do it? When you did it to the least of my kind. And then those who fail um, to to be faithful to him. And then he mentions in his parable, those who were weak of faith and and because of their love of the world and all its pleasures, will uh, abandon the gospel. Well, we have a lot of people, uh, all of us, we're all sinners. This is not being self-righteous. We are all sinners. But we have to face the fact that we have a lot of problems within the church. Uh, we're not educated in our faith. And we make too many excuses. We make too many acceptance. Our shepherds um, don't hold the ground. You know, the evils in the world, the sins of the world, the diseases, the wars, the injustices. Uh, popes in the past have said it's because of bad Catholics. And there's a lot of Catholics out there who don't focus on the supernatural and pay more em uh, emphasis on the material and don't realize that sometimes that could lead to problems. It could lead to greater lack of faith. And we need to address this problem. We have a serious lack of faith. We have a serious uh, problem of, of um, shortage or emptiness or lack of supernatural faith. Uh, Michael Voris, a church militant, points this out all the time. Um, Bishop Schneider, Bishop Athanasius Schneider of Kazakhstan points this out. Cardinal Burke points this out as well. There are many, there are, you know, not as many as there should be, um, but we have a serious 
problem of this. And many people, many politicians, um, you know, I'm going to point out their name. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, Joe, uh, Joe Biden, um, even uh, Governor Cuomo and many others, many other politicians and even those around the world who are Catholic and who hold offices and, and, and um, who are presidents and prime ministers don't care about the, the supernatural aspect, who receive Holy Communion and make a scandal of the faith and then those who support things such as abortion, con uh, contraception, uh, euthanasia, um, gay marriages. These are things that we, we have to address. Catholicism is, is separating ourselves from, from these material, thing, material things in the world. And talking about them I know is scandalous. Because there's a lot of people out there that don't believe it should be addressed. But these are things that should be addressed. And it's a problem. It's a serious, serious problem for all of us. Because uh, our, our bishops have changed their views about the church as a social justice institution. Uh, this, is ha this has been going on for a very long time. Um, you know, Cardinal Bernardine, uh, half a century ago, um, just came up with something, even several other bishops with a seamless garment and they aligned themselves with someone like Saul Alinsky, who was the, uh, concept of community organizing and aligned themselves with, uh, working class Catholics, uh, Saul Linsky saw working class union Catholics who worked in factories like Ford and other places as a resource of money because they, uh, there were a lot of Catholic churches and Catholics gave a lot of money to their parishes and he aligned himself with uh, some uh, clerics, priests, bishops who have changed their view about the church. And many of them had developed strong socialist, communist ideology and thinking and decided to um, squeeze the church, go into the church's purse, go into the church's collection and use that for political ideology. And this is where it all led. So anyway, uh, we're going to go into the reading and then we're going to go into uh, we're going to go to the scripture first, and then we're going to go into the uh, Moore's um, meditation on this, and we'll uh, try to connect it together. So to go back to Judas's betrayal of our Lord, we have to go to uh, John chapter six, which this is where Jesus uh, declares himself as the Eucharist, the bread of life. Uh, John doesn't have the Last Supper scene because he backs it up by the words of Jesus that he said um, several months earlier, maybe, or maybe uh, a year earlier. So we're going to begin from uh, chapter 6. We're going to start from verse 22, and then we will go to um, on the Last Supper scene uh, where 
uh, Judas uh, is indwelled by Satan. So let's start off from verse 22, chapter 6. On the next day, the people who remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his um, disciples had gone away alone. However, boats from Tiberias came near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the people saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him has God the Father set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven, for the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and him who comes to me I will not cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? whose father and mother we know. How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not mummer among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except him who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, 
He who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he, he who eats me will, have, will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. This he said in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Many of his disciples, when they heard it, said, This is hard saying. Who can listen to, to this? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples mummered at it, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. This flesh is of no avail. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you that do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who those were that did not believe and who it was that would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer walked with him. Jesus said to the twelve, Will you also go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was to betray him. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the next scene we're going to read from is going to be from John chapter 13. We're going to go from... Uh, from verse 21 and we're going to go down to verse 30. It's a short scene but this is a very important one. Uh, you know what? I'll go to uh, to verse 35 so uh, we'll make it a full scene here. Uh, so finally, uh, John chapter 13, starting from verse 21 all the way down to th verse 35. When Jesus had thus spoken... He was troubled in spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, 
one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was lying close to the breast of Jesus. So Simon Peter beckoned to him and said, Tell us who it is of whom he speaks. So lying thus close to the breast of Jesus, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give this morsel when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after the morsel, Satan entered into him, and Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. No one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money box, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and in him God is glorified. If God is glorified in him, God would also glorify him in himself, and glory, glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going you could not come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another." Simon's Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered him, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the cock will not crow till you have denied me three times. The Gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So what I just read to you, um, many of the uh, church fathers, many of the mystics believe that Judas is uh, possibly his loss of faith was at Capernaum when Jesus declared himself as the Eucharist. You know, because there... Jesus pointed out that I've chosen you 12 and one of you is a devil. And John points out that it was, he's talking about Judas, son of Simon, the Iscariot. Now the, the fact that, uh, notice John refers to him as son of Simon, the Iscariot was according to some, um, this is not completely um, clear, but that his father was possibly a revolutionary. Now, Judas himself, uh, being son of Simon, possibly his father was a disgraced uh, Jewish uh, zealot, someone who possibly uh, betrayed uh, fellow revolutionaries. And the word Iscariot was probably a... Um, 
uh, a term referring to the dagger. Uh, you know, that during uh, a Roman interrogation, some think that possibly he gave the names or uh, betrayed his fellow revolutionaries to the Romans in order to live, and he was disgraced among uh, Jewish revolutionaries against the, who were fighting against the Roman occupation of Judea, and that uh, Judas grew grew up with that uh, stain, that stigma on him, um, which possibly contributed to his um, his behavior, um, and made uh, made his way throughout the rest of his life. Uh, pretty much modeling himself after his father. Um, you know, he was the one who held on to the money box. Notice John says it at the at the gospel, at the, uh, the Last Supper. Uh, Jesus gives him the morsel. Gives him the morsel. This scene uh, of the betrayal was... Uh, when Jesus predicted and announced to everyone was probably after um, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say after the Eucharistic scene. And I'll, I know a lot of people find it almost amazing that Judas would have taken part of the Eucharist because some scenes in films, they make um, uh, some scholars, secular New Testament scholars often uh, put the scene of Judas leaving before the the Last Supper scene, that uh, a lot of scholars have began. A lot of uh, New Testament Orthodox Catholic scholars would say no. Judas did take part of the Eucharist. Uh, consumed the 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 Eucharist, the pres the body and blood of Christ, and. Often a lot of us would ask, why? Why did he allow him to do this? Why would he allow Judas to take his... Because this Judas is a picture of all the unfaithful in the church. I know a lot of us don't like this, don't want to be associated with him. But let's be serious. When we take the body and blood of Christ and commit sin and go out and commit more sin after consuming him and act like we, we, we never even been to communion. Let's face it, I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. All of us are guilty of it. We, we, we don't even try. We love identifying ourselves as Catholic. We love to say that we're Catholic. We want to associate with Catholic culture. But maybe that's all we are, is cultural Catholics. And we don't even try to be holy. I mean, how, come on. How many people just come to communion, receive the body and blood of our Lord, receive the Eucharist, and walk out before the final blessing, before the, before the end of Mass? I remember reading someone, someone referred to people like that as performing the Judas, the Judas, uh, Judas shuffle. You know, come in, get their, you know, get their, uh, get their holy communion and walk out. And I've seen it. I've seen it. They're impatient. They don't even want to be there. But they don't at the same time they don't wanna they don't wanna be acute they don't wanna go go through the, the Sunday without receiving the Holy Eucharist because it's more of a superstitious act than it is an act of, of love. That's that's the truth. 
you know, we have to think about it. And then we, we go the rest of the week, we're Catholics only on weekend, and the rest of the week we don't even behave like Catholics. Our politics doesn't, doesn't behave like Catholics. You know, the way, the way we think about sexuality, the way we think about, about other moral, moral social behaviors, we don't even think like Catholics. We don't vote like Catholics. We don't do business like Catholics. We don't even um, socialize like Catholics. Uh, our entertainment is not, is not Catholic. Our literature is not Catholic. Our music is not Catholic. Our art is not Catholic. Let's face it. I mean, you know, we have to, we have to, we have to acknowledge this, you know, and we, and we, we put Christ, we regulate him only to Sunday and the rest of the week don't interfere with my life. You know, except then we call him back into our lives when there is a crisis of, of, of serious crisis, maybe job loss, marriage problem, or maybe health problem. And then we call on him, but the rest, of, but whenever, whenever anything else, stay out of our lives, and that's true. So uh, let's begin to uh, look at Moore's uh, Moore's uh, meditation. Finally, Christ is betrayed into the hands of sinners, in a special way among those of certain sect. These people, though they receive the venerable sacrament of the Eucharist more frequently and wish to give the impression of honoring it more piously by receiving it under both species, contrary to public custom without any necessity, but not without a great affront to the Catholic Church. Nevertheless, these people blaspheme against what they have received under a show of honor, some of them by calling it true bread and true wine, some of them, and this is far worse, by calling it only true but also mere bread and wine. For they altogether deny the real body of Christ is contained in the sacrament, though they call it by th that name, Corpus Christi, when at this late date they set out to do such a thing against the most open passage of scripture against the clearest interpretations of all the saints against the most constant faith of the whole church for so many centuries against the church most most imply witnessed to by so many thousands of miracles this group let labors under the second kind of infidel, infidelity by far worse how little difference is there I ask you, between them and those who took Christ captive that night, how little difference between them and those troops of Pilate who in jest bend their knee before Christ as if they were honoring him while they insulted him and called him the king of the Jews, just as these people kneel before the Eucharist and call it the body of Christ, which according to their own profession, they no more believe than the, the soldiers of Pilate believe Christ was a king. Therefore, whenever we hear that such evils have befallen other people, no matter how distant, let us immediately imagine that Christ is urgently addressing us. Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. For the fact is that wherever this plague rages today most fiercely, everyone did not catch 
the disease in a single day. Rather, the contagion spreads gradually and impressively, while those persons who despise it at first after, afterwards can stand to hear it and respond to it with less than the full scorn than, they, than came to, be, to tolerate wicked discussions, and afterwards are carried away into error, into like, into like a cancer, as the apostle says, the creeping disease falling takes over the whole country. Therefore, let us stay awake and get up and pray continually that all those who have fallen into this miserable folly through the wiles of Satan may quickly come into their senses, that God may never suffer us to enter into this kind of temptation and may never allow the devil to roll the blasts of the storm of his to our shores. But so much of my dis uh, discretion into these mysteries, let us now return to the historical events of this betrayal. Very interesting. I mean, I didn't expect uh, it would go into the fact about a plague, but he's right. Heresy is like a disease. The early church fathers compared heresy and blasphemy um, comparable to that of a plague, just as wicked and dangerous as a plague. Notice what he said. He, uh, he compares those who, who arrested Jesus, those who put him on trial. Are they any different than the Roman soldiers who abused him and mocked him? Are the politicians who call themselves Catholic and support these evil, wicked things, any different than the Roman soldiers who nailed him? Are they any different? What difference is there between the people who put him on trial, the high priests? Notice Thomas More is not using anti-Semitism here. He, he sees the infidelity of Israel, the infidelity of the, of the Jews who put Jesus on trial, who won him dead, and the infant and and the infidelity and or the 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 non behavior, the evil behavior of the Roman soldiers who were not Jews, most likely they were Syrian mercenaries who were hired, which is probably why the abuse was uh, more severe on Jesus because it was these people were Semitic and they hated the Jews. The Jews hated them, so Jesus just was was a uh, was caught in between this. And obviously, being someone who called himself King of the Jews, they decided to to they thought they were mocking the Jews by abusing him even more. Anyway, but the point is, their behavior was no different. Is our behavior today? those of us who receive the Eucharist, any more different? Is the behavior of, of the politicians, the behavior of the bishops, the way they, 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 um, they throw the Eucharist, they give the Eucharist to, to evil, wicked politicians, the way they keep quiet, keeping quiet while all this evil is going on, is comparable to a plague. It's a plague. It's a spiritual plague. It kills the soul. Remember, Jesus said, 
we fearful of the one who kills both body and soul. Well, they kept quiet during, during, during the sexual abuse. That's a disease. That's a spiritual disease. That's a plague. They keep quiet during sacramental abuses. That's a plague. And they take part in it. Oh, I don't want to, to make the, uh, the communion rail into a political uh, uh, stage. <laughs> well, there's, there really isn't many communion rails. You took them all out. But still, you gave the Eucharist to, to, to people who don't, who don't believe. Politicians, especially, it's very funny. Um, people love to accuse the conservatives as using religion. But how many how many of these uh, so-called politicians love to show up at churches to uh, you know to to beg for 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 votes? You know they they do it they do it just as they do it just as badly. You know they get angry at someone who who may want to say something on the stage maybe for you know wants his country to be to be spiritually healthy as well as politically healthy, and they get angry. But then when it comes to election time, many of these also uh, politicians who support immoral platforms show up at churches. They show up at Catholic churches. They show up at Protestant churches. And they campaign for, uh, they're begging for, for election. We have to really uh, think about it. This you know, evil that has come upon us, this horrible plague, this horrible pestilence, why you know why wouldn't God want to punish us today? And I'm not saying he's 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 doing it because he's a wrathful God. No, he's called. We did it to ourselves. We have to remember. Evil comes upon when a person gets in the car drunk, and causes a horrible accident, hurts innocent people, and it hurts themselves. Maybe have taken their own lives. This was evil that they brought upon themselves. When a drug addict is desperate for, for more drugs and goes out and commits a crime robbing and maybe even kill someone or gets themselves killed or you hurt in someone in your family because of this you brought this evil upon yourself and you hurt innocent people you know god is the god of justice he's the god of there is no love without justice there is no love without truth there is no love without 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 uh, self con without conscience without a moral conscience. You need all that in order for love to be true. It needs all the other elements to it. Thomas Aquinas himself made it quite clear. You know, evil in the world is the absence of God, and that's not because God Himself turned away. It's because we we pushed Him away. Let's end it with a prayer and we'll go uh, deeply into the next step. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So um, keep safe. Uh, remember, folks, to, uh, if you're visiting elderly relatives, um, make sure that you immediately wash your hands before you touch anything in the apartment. Um because uh, you could really spread that contagion that this this uh, coronavirus, especially elderly people, are more in danger. They're up there on that scale of uh, seriously getting sick. If you know a relative that suffers from any kind of ailment or a friend, make sure that um, you know you're you're using the proper precautions, especially if they have diabetes. Um, just remember to stay safe and remember to to practice uh precaution you know if you know that person needs things just make sure i mean if you get them cans of goods like soup or anything uh if you have possibly uh a disinfected spray especially you can take a clorox mix it with some water um dilute it just a little bit and put it in a spray bottle and spray the cans uh for them uh that way you know let it dry out for a while and they can, you know, and do that with the doorknob, do that with the kitchen sink, because they're really, um, you know, they're more in danger than, than a healthy person. Okay, so God bless. Stay safe.